Hello and welcome to these latest episodes of Why Such a Fuss. I have with me James from Uptech. Hello, James. Hi, Christina. Thanks for having me back. You're welcome. So today, James, we are going to talk about what can an organization do to avoid a data breach? So from a GDPR perspective, I'm sure you'll agree with this, is the three T, training, training, and more training. Now, we both have mentioned training in earlier episodes, but it doesn't really hurt mentioning it again. So I come across organizations that have either done no GDPR at all, no GDPR training at all, or they've done it once, you know, in 2018 when the regulation first came out, um, but they've not done anything since. Now, GDPR training should be refreshed every year as part of any organization training or development plan. So it's not a one-off activity. It needs to be maintained. And, and the training, the GDPR training, should be part of the organization induction process when a new member of staff or a volunteer or even a contract, like a self-employed, joins the organization. They should be trained in GDPR as part of the induction process. And that needs to be done within the first month of employment. And it is the employer, i.e. the controller, responsibility to do so. Now, there are, obviously, training will help to not eliminate, but reduce data breaches that are caused by human error. But there are other measures that can also be put in place, such as a clear DEX policy, so that files that should not be on desks, but should be in log cabinets, are then kept in the right places. Also, a lock screen policy. Every time you move away from your desk to lock your screen, I know it seems petty, just locking your screen just to walk to two yards to get to the printer, for example. But we're human and humans are creatures of habit. If we don't get into the habit of locking our screen every time we move away, next time, you know, you are in an open public space, you're leaving your laptop with your screen unlocked to move away from it. And that's when the breach happens. Get into the habit of doing that and get your employees to get in the habit of doing that. Also have a secure VPN for remote working. Think of physical security as well, such as lockable cabinets and drawers. But don't just have the lock cabinets and the drawer and then the keys are left on the desk. Um, you know, <laughs> just taking on a new client where as part of the audit, she will say, yes, we have, you know, lock cabinets. Brilliant. Fantastic. So where do you keep the keys? And she keeps it in a little bowl on her desk together with all the paper clips. <laughs> so that is not, I think, in physical security. Obviously, make sure that the passwords are not on yellow stickers you know, kept under the keyboard, (laughs) for example, use things like password managers or other tools like that. 
also ensure that only authorized personnel have access to restricted areas of the premises, like you know having a pin or or an ID badge. If you're having visitors, ensure that they are signed in and then escorted. Never leave them unattended. Ensure doors to restricted areas are lockable. If not, change the lock or add the lock to it. Again, I had another client where all of the office equipment and obviously the work was upstairs, while downstairs was more open space where visitors were welcome. There was no data at all. But the door upstairs was not lockable. So anyone could wander upstairs and it has happened in the past. So the first thing that I got them to do was to put a lock on it. Embed the use of synodomization and anonymization as part of your organization's security measures so that should a file be shared internally or externally unintentionally with an unauthorized person, then the individual whose data is about cannot be identified. Ensure that everyone within your organization applies the principle of minimization, i.e. only collect the data that is necessary to complete the work or the service or the product, whatever it is that, that, that you're doing. So don't collect things that you do not need. So, you know, an example of that would be, I have seen quite a few websites where as part of the subscribing to their newsletters, you also have to provide them with a date, with a date of birth so that they can send you a birthday card on your birthday. Well, it is not necessary for, for them to collect your date of birth for you to subscribe to their mailing list or for them to provide you with their service or products. So then they should not be collecting it. If they want to know your age, then they should simply ask for the age. It could be like a range without having to collect the date of birth, which is personal data. Or they could do your, the market, marketing campaign differently without using the date of birth. Now, I know, James, that you agree with um, the training and more training <laughs> approach. Yeah. Um, it might be worth telling our listeners what type of training they should invest in and what else they could do to prevent data breaches from an IT or cybersecurity perspective. Yep. Thank you, Christina. Yeah, and absolutely, I, I was going to jump in and on the on the training side because there's, <laughs> there's, there's a couple of things that we would most definitely go for um, from an IT perspective. One being security training uh, because... You can have all the security tools in the world on your devices, but most threat actors are actually going to look at the user as the first port of call. And they can be, one, your greatest piece of security, but also your weakest point of security. Um, so encouraging them to have a security conscious culture really, really helps. Yeah. Um, but then also making sure they know how to use the things that they have because when things like outlook word start to misbehave they don't then necessarily have to go searching for solutions straight off the off the bat and yeah. um, so it's making sure that they know how to use what's in front of them as well but 
yeah, moving towards employee training and then security awareness is, is one that is massive for, for us as well. It's something that we, we talk about quite a bit. Um, so, and we have a lot of the same titles as, as, um, as the technical, uh, for, from the technical controls point of view as well. Yeah. Um, and when we talk to people about avoiding data breaches, one of the first things we always recommend they start with is a risk assessment have that risk assessment done so they can understand actually what that the nature is of the data they've got how sensitive is that data data they've got um and they can then identify the potential vulnerabilities because once you've identified the vulnerabilities you also understand the threats that are specific because each individual organization's threats can be different um you mentioned it before access controls um so from a technical point of view we would say you know making sure that you've got strong user authentication um in place multi-factor authentication how is that working um making sure that people only have access to the things they need access to as well Um, That's that's really important because the regulation actually says that access should be given on a need to know basis only yeah and that's it you know don't just put a load of files into SharePoint and let the world see them. Yeah. You know, it's very, it's, it's relatively simple when you know what you're doing on how to set up those permissions and those roles um, from a, from a server point of view, from a SharePoint side of view um, and regularly review that information. Don't just set it once and think that the person in, in that role needs that all the time. So, you know, have the process in place for revoking the access or making it inactive um encryption for data is always key so you mentioned vpns um also you know the full disk encryption those kind of things making sure you've got the right things in place you know have you got the right um encryption for your website data you know all those kind of things they're they're only small but they all add up in a in a in a really big way for you regular updates um the amount of times that we can hear you know, the server's just been sat there for 12 years and no one's ever touched it. Every Tuesday, there are updates that are released by Microsoft and, and you, know, you need to test those. And then there's also the patches for all of your key software. You know, it bugs me massively when I see an iPhone that's got the settings bit with six or 10 or 12 place, you know, in place and someone's not doing their updates. Um, firewalls, um, along with intri- you know, the, the detection and prevention systems, a a cheap router will get you connected to the internet, but it's not going to protect you from anything that comes down there. Mm-hmm. Um, having those kind of things in place there, also on the devices, because you know they may well be going out and stand, sitting at Nero's and having a coffee and, and, and connecting to their Wi-Fi, those kind of things so that people are not able to connect. Um so, and that then leads into the network security. What are you doing in regards to that? How easy is it for someone to plug a device onto your network or connect to the Wi-Fi? Are you on a shared Wi-Fi um, with other people? Is it a shared office space? What are those people do, that run that office space doing to help you keep your data set uh, in place? Also, 
um, you can program in such a way that, and I don't know the technicality behind it, but you can have such um, the, the laptop to say that only a, a, a authorized USB key can be plugged in. So yes. That, yes. Yep. That's another way of avoiding data um, being stolen, number one, but yep. also data ending up in an unencrypted USB and then left unattended. And there you go. That's the data breach that uh, yep. there and then. So, and yeah. yeah, just simple things like making sure that you don't have autoplay switched on. Yes. So that if you are, you know, at a coffee shop or at a motorway services, that someone can't just plug a USB device in. Yeah. Um, and it runs something. Um, backups, you know, I've mentioned that numerous times on here, Christina, and I'm sorry <laughs> to bring it up again. But but some, you know, some have, of the things that you mentioned that we you've mentioned before and I've mentioned before, but it's because they're so basic that we need to yeah. explain it because you'll be surprised, and I'm sure you come across, you know, how many organisations don't think about that and don't yeah. have backup. They simply say, oh, but I've got MS Office, they do the backup. No, they don't. <laughs> no, no, they don't. No, um, audits and testing. You know, there, you know, there are options and there are ways out there for you to vulnerability test what you do, and and look at penetration testing. It it, it all depends on the size of the business and what you've got. Course, yeah. Um, but regular security audits. What are the things that you've got in place? Does that match what what your risk assessment had told you? Monitoring and logging of the of the devices, of the network, of your infrastructure, making sure that you've got something that is monitoring the devices for odd behavior, that's monitoring what goes on with those devices, not necessarily tracking what someone's doing, no. but it's looking for things that are out of the way and making sure that you've got logs, who signed into what, who's done what, um, so that you can work on that side of things. Um, Something you'll know more about, Christina, than I will, but yeah. data disposal. Yeah. Um, you know, the amount of times we see servers that have got 20-year-old data on them and why is that being kept? You know, it's if it's not needed, don't keep it. No, no. But also, you know, when you are deleting something for good, it's not just about deleting it from you know the SharePoint or you know the filing no. system or your inbox. It needs to be deleted from the backup as well. Yeah. Um, so and that's what a lot of organisations don't think about because that data is, is it's in the backup. Yeah. It's still yeah. there. It can still be hacked. It can still yeah. be accessed. But one of the things that you touched on, and I want to expand a little bit more, is about the access rights because there is, it's important an organisation has a process for that to ensure yeah. that the correct accesses are given based on a role. So in order for the individual to fulfill that role, they need to have specific access to specific systems or data, etc. Very often doesn't happen is that if someone is being, say, promoted, for example, or they change role, that access right is not adjusted. Yeah. And therefore they end up having still access to something that they shouldn't have. Yep. And although they say, but still an employee of the organization, it's irrelevant. That role that they need, that particular employee is fulfilling does not need to know X, Y, Z data, yep. and therefore they shouldn't have access. 
And it has happened, there's quite a few data breaches cases where that has happened. So my my strong <laughs> advisor recommendation is to ensure that you have a robust process for that. And also for levers, you'd be surprised how many <laughs> organizations do not remove levers from their system. They still have an email address. They still have access to the system after they've left the organization. Please, please make sure you yeah. <laughs> I've heard that one on numerous occasions, Christina, over time. Um, well, we just let the new starter log into the, the to the old computer. It's not quite how it's supposed to work. Um, it, it, because you need to make sure of what's on there, what's what they might have stored in Google, what they might have stored in yeah. um, on their desktop, what who's who's looked at those kind of things. So, and I think you know, from a, from an access controls point of view, something I haven't mentioned, but always complex passwords yes i know you mentioned password uh password managers but making sure that they are complex yes um and another thing that again quite a few organizations forget to do is the paper-based data yes yeah they just put in a shredder you know we're done no it needs to be safely disposed of you should get a certificate for it so please engage with, you know, an approved waste disposal, secure waste disposal. And I've just found something from um, online, which is basically a, a reduction, um, I don't know what to call it. It's like a reduction ruler, that, yeah. uh, roller, sorry, that um, on, on letters where you have your personal data so that when I put it on the recycle, for paper, but my all of my data has been redacted. So this is for personal, obviously, but it's brilliant. It was like a fiver on Amazon. Oh, well, all right, I'm having a look. And I I'm love it. Absolutely look. love yeah. it. <laughs> it's you know, um, you cannot read it. You cannot read no. anything once you've uh, used it, and it sort of yeah. So it's just amazing. <laughs> That's, yeah, no, I'm I'm certainly going to go and have a look on on. Tonight for one of those, Christina. I should ask that, Amazon to pay me commission. It's gonna, you should, yeah, because that's going to save me no end of time. The amount of time we spend hey, ripping that bit out. Yeah. And then what do we do? We keep a stack of them until the point that we then dispose of all of them in a certain, in a, in a yeah. particular way. And it's um, a lot cheaper than a shredder. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, obviously, for a business, it's different, you know, because you are. it's a lot more data or more piece yeah. of paper. Therefore, the shredder is much more economical and convenient. But, you know, for your personal at home, you know, if you don't want to get a shredder, this one is a cheaper option, but equally effective. No, fantastic. I'm I'm definitely on monitor Amazon very shortly. <laughs> and you can have it in different colours. So I've gone for yellow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's my brand. Really? I wouldn't have guessed. If we could get one in blue, we'll be fine. <laughs> blue is available. Yeah. <laughs> brilliant james thank you very much for your time today as always been a pleasure and i'll i'm um, sure i'll have you again in the next one no worries at all christina thanks ever so much and i will see you soon cheers thank you cheers. um if you would like to know more about gdpr and how it applies to your business please do get in touch or you can find us on social medias please do linkedin with us and the same with james thanks christina Thank you.